stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But be the man. You gotta beat the man. Ooh, yeah. You got something mean, And we're back with the Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, John, joined as always by my good friend, Rob. I am the other host. The sole proprietor and head honcho of Guys Nation. Yes, making it happen since 2010. (laughs) There you go. Uh, As people have heard, we've been trying to start up a podcast here. We've worked on it for a while and uh, going to preview Money in the Bank here. Uh, We've got the World Heavyweight Championship match. We've got the All-Stars match that they've deemed for the uh, WWE Championship Bank or Money in the Bank briefcase. And then we have almost every other title on the line with uh, AJ and Caitlin and the women's, uh, Del Rio and Ziggler for the Heavyweight Championship, Axel and Miz for Intercontinental, uh, Cena Henry for the WWE, and then Usos and Shield for Tag Team. So uh, we're getting a lot of uh, championship matches, and then we got a couple other little scenarios going on with Ryback and Jericho and Triple H and Steph and Vince and all that. So we'll get into everything. But first, we want to get into the World Heavyweight Championship Money in the Bank match. Uh, An interesting setup here. It looks like we've got seven heels uh, in this match. So I bet, you know, that's a different setup than we've seen in the past. Um, do you have any initial thoughts on this? Any favorites, Rob? Uh, I, I just, my, my first thought was when, uh, when you first told me that there were seven heels in this match, I almost did a double take because it, it definitely doesn't seem like something that they would have done in the past. I really like the fact that, uh, that they went that route with it. Um, I guess my initial favorite would have to be Wade Barrett. Um, I, I yep. think I think uh, it's it's his time to get to the top and get get his chance um, at a legit opportunity. And uh, I think he makes the most sense out of anyone. How about you? Yeah, um, I've had trouble picking this. Um, you know, I feel like Cody Rhodes is kind of in a similar spot where he's he's kind of dabbled with getting close to the main event, but never quite getting there. Um, so I could see him being a favorite a little bit. He's, he's the one that jumps out at me. Um, but yeah, I could see Wade Barrett too. And it's, and it would be, a, it would be a little different because it seems like WWE, WWE has been kind of telegraphing, um, you know, pushes lately. So both of those would be out of left field, but really any of the seven would be out of left field. I mean, I, I it's hard to see any of them being an obvious winner. Right, and I, I think that's the beauty of this match is that, you know, while the other one might have, you know, the all-stars, I feel like this one has the most potential for the um, for really setting a guy up to, to have a legit opportunity in the future uh, to run with the ball. 
Yeah, and that's that's kind of the question I wanted to ask you is who do you think needs it the most? I mean, we've got we've got Dean Ambrose who's been doing well with the Shield and got the U.S. title. Uh, we've got Wade Barrett and Cody Rhodes, who we said have been kind of just you know not really getting anywhere, just kind of traipsing around the upper mid card for a while. Uh, you got Jack Swagger who kind of botched his mega push. You've got Damian Sandow who a lot of people love. He's been around a little over a year, but still hasn't quite broken through with any sort of title reign. Uh, you got Fandango. Um, you know, he's obviously been interesting for the fans, but he hasn't done a whole lot uh, wrestling-wise. And then Antonio Cesaro, who's gone through, you know, already a, a different kind of gimmick change here with Zeb Coulter. I mean, of all these guys, who do you think really needs it, like, to – to sustain him through the next six months, you know, who, who needs it the most or is in danger of kind of, you know, falling off a cliff if he doesn't actually win this match. I guess I'll probably go with Cody Rhodes because I feel like he hasn't ever had the chance to get to the top. I felt like he had a decent run with the Intercontinental Championship to kind of put that title back on the map. But unlike a lot of the other guys... He, he doesn't even feel like a legit threat in the mid-card right now, despite the fact that he's got talent um, and he can go on the mic. And I feel like if he doesn't win this, he's just going to flounder in the same position for probably the next 12 months until he gets another chance to be in the same match. Yeah. What about Cesaro? I mean, you know, it seemed like he was – Kind of, he was kind of getting a push there with the U.S. title, and then it just fell apart. Um, and now they've stuck him with uh, Zeb Coulter, which I don't think is a horrible thing. Uh, you know, Coulter is a great mouthpiece. Um, but do you think he needs some legitimacy quickly, um, whether it's in this match or within the next month or two, to to stay relevant? Um, I, I don't. I don't know that anything that's going to happen with him is going to affect where he is a year from now. I don't think he can win this match and then go ahead and win the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, even if he does win this and he cashes in, I don't see him winning it. And then I could see him being right back in this spot, you know, as being um, essentially what Jack Swagger was, what, two years ago? Right. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential. I love the fact that he's got... Zeb Coulter there that he can, you know, be, you know, he can talk for him. Um, I kind of wish he was a, a Paul Heyman guy instead, but that's, you know, that's not a, that's not a huge problem in my book. But uh, I yeah. don't think Cesaro needs the jump to the main event just yet. Yeah, and I got a feeling they're going to put them in a tag team and just kind of roll with that for a little bit to keep those guys involved. Yeah, um, and I, I think if that means that Jack Swagger is not in the main event, then I'm I'm all for those two guys being in a tag team. Yeah, and they would make a lot of sense. They'd be a pretty formidable team. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Rhodes probably needs it the most. Um, do you see any turns coming in this match? You know, with seven heels, uh, you got to figure at least one of them might have a face tendency that kind of gets the crowd behind them. Um, you know, who who do you think might kind of fit that bill, if anyone? I can see Wade Barrett getting that just because I think, uh, you know, there was a time after the Nexus stuff when he first kind of came back and um, started doing his Barrett Barrage thing. 
Right. Um, I feel like he he started to get over with the uh, the fans a bit. Then I don't know. They they changed up his gimmick a little bit. Whatever. I think he's got the most potential because I don't I don't see that happening with Dean Ambrose. I don't see that happening with Cesaro or Swagger. Um, maybe Cody Rhodes, but certainly not Damian Sandow. Um, right. And that's probably from a personal preference standpoint. Is I you know I like him so much as a heel that I wouldn't want to see him switch over. Yeah, I think Sando and Ambrose are the two least likely of, and probably Cesaro and Swagger. I mean, there's just no chance. But you know, I think Fandango is the obvious choice um, because he already kind of gets response, and you know, Barrett punched him in the uh, the promo there on on Monday Night Raw, um, so he gets kind of treated like you know he just got bullied a little bit by the heels there. Um, so I, yeah. you know, I could see him being the face, but. You know, it's not like that would be a ground-shaking turn. I, I think Barrett turning would be pretty interesting. And I agree with you. The Barrett Barrage was was a neat little gimmick they had going, but, you know, for whatever reason, they just never gave him a good feud to build on it. Right. Um, so maybe this is the chance. Uh, so, you know, the other question I had was, you know, what kind of – what do you think the reaction will be for any of these guys? Like, do you think – I mean – Who's gonna like kind of shake the uh, WWE universe the most with a win, or or even just Philadelphia at the pay per view? Like, who's gonna who's gonna actually make this a big deal if they they come away the winner? I really I really kind of think um, Philadelphia. A lot of Philadelphia would go crazy if Cesaro won, just based off of his background being in. Uh, Ring of Honor for a while. I could see them you know, really going crazy if, if it were anywhere other than, you know, New York, Philly, or Chicago. I could see the crowd being totally dead when Ces- if Cesaro won. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think he would. Out of anyone, I don't think he would make the most out of it. Um, I think, you know, if you're going to have somebody carrying the briefcase. And kind of take the, themselves to the next level, just holding it, not you know, not even cashing it in, but just kind of like what Miz did. Um, I think it would have to be Cody Rhodes. And, but what do you mean by what Miz did? Just holding it for a long time. Well, when Miz got the briefcase, he treated it like it was the biggest thing ever. He didn't just treat it like you know, oh, I have this opportunity and I can cash it in at any time and don't forget that. He right. kind of used it to say, I'm the next big thing. Like, I'm, you know, the guy with the plan. I'm the guy with the opportunity. You know, he he really enveloped it into his, you know, I'm the Miz and I'm awesome persona. Right. Whereas, you know, Daniel Bryan, on the other hand, when he had his briefcase, he just kind of, he said, I'm going to use it at WrestleMania, or maybe I'll use it next week. You know, and, and there was a couple of times where he showed up and he had the briefcase and he was really, you know, having that internal struggle, whatever. Yeah. But you just he, he kind of minimized it. Yeah. I mean, he he used it. It was kind of like a, like a prop, whereas with The Miz, it became part of him. Yeah. I, I could totally see that with the Rhodes, too. I agree. Um,. Yeah, and he, as we said before, he probably needs it the most. 
Um, so, do you want to go ahead and give a pick on this match, or do we want to do our picks at the end? Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and pick. I'll pick uh, Wade Barrett. You gonna go with gonna Barrett? With that. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. Man, it's really tough. I, I wanted to go Ambrose, but he doesn't need it. You know, he's already got the U.S. title. Right. Um, I think Barrett's a really good pick, but I feel almost even with Rhodes, so I'm just gonna go with Rhodes. You know, I I think that's a strong choice, and I, I think uh, you know if you were to tell me that you were gonna pick Damian Sandow, I, I would kind of say, okay, well, you know, you're gonna be disappointed. You know. Yeah. And if if you pick Cesaro, I'd say, well, you you know, you're probably gonna be disappointed. Um. Same with Fandango, but I, I feel like with Cody Rhodes, that's that's a legit choice. I think uh, I could really see that happening on Sunday. Well, let the record show this guy is going to be cheering his nuts off for Damian Sandow. Yeah. However, no I do see uh, you know some strife between the two of them during the match that might lead to Rhodes winning. Um, but you know, with a with a ladder match like this, who knows how it plays out? But that's uh. You know they're they're going to break up the tag team. They've already kind of shown um, little hints of you know distaste between each other. Like I think Rhodes lost some sort of he lost on like SmackDown two weeks ago, and Sandow was like, "What?" You know, just kind of surprised that he lost. And so they've hinted at that, and maybe they'll they'll have a little bit of a tiff with each other in the middle of the match. And uh, Rhodes is the one that's going to need to come out on top of that because Sandow's probably good for another year before he needs to have any sort of run. Yeah, I, I can see that. All right, so that is the first major Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, let's jump into some of our other undercard matches here. Um, let's talk about uh, the Shield versus the Usos. They've uh, decided that they needed to find a face tag team. <laughs> And, uh, you know, since there was no one else left, they went with the Usos. Right, and I, I guess I guess this just goes to show that you could bury a tag team for the better part of a year than uh, you know, slap some, uh, some face paint on them and uh, give them a little bit of pyro when they come out, give them a couple wins, and boom, they're credible, right? Pair them up with Christian, you know, since he's, he's credible enough to pin one of the S.H.I.E.L.D. members, and all of a sudden you've got a feud. Yeah. Yeah, um, and they're likable. I mean, the the fans like them. But, uh, I mean, do you see them as any sort of real threat, or is this just kind of fodder for the Shield? You know, the 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 fan of tag team wrestling here, uh, you know, I, I want them to be a credible threat. You know, I I love the fact that they, uh, they kind of built back up the division a little bit, at least over the past month. And yeah. uh, they're starting to make it feel real, starting to, you know, give us a reason to actually care about what's going on with the tag division. Um, I don't see the Usos winning the match, um, but I do feel like, you know, they uh, they definitely took a step up in credibility. Whether I see them with the belts or not, probably not, but they're certainly far more credible than, uh, was it uh, Epico and Primo? Right, yeah. Yeah, and and do you see them? Um, do you see them losing cleanly, or do you, or do you think they'll give them a dirty finish to kind of continue into, you know, the next pay per view? Um, well, given the fact that all the other tag teams that are kind of around right now have uh, have been 
just used as fodder over the past month. Um, they'll probably have it be a dusty finish, and uh, and then you know probably face off again at the next pay per view or yeah. you know a week from now on SmackDown like they like to do. Uh, but yeah, I I, uh, I don't see it ending you know at this pay per view. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, do we want to put us both down for the Shield on the win here? Absolutely. Yeah, I would I would like to see uh, tons of funk despite how kind of goofy that name and the whole gimmick is i would like to see them get involved i mean it just has such a nice kind of throwback to the natural disasters you know yeah it's like it'd be cool to see them face the shield but you know right now they're just comedy relief so i don't know maybe maybe they can set them up for SummerSlam. i'd like to see that yeah uh all right Let's move into uh, Curtis Axel, the latest Paul Heyman guy, who's been getting a pretty damn good push over the course of two months here against uh, your favorite, Mike the Miz. Right. Uh, do we see any story here? Um, you know, uh, is the Miz just kind of there to to prop up Axel? That, that's that's the uh, the view I have on it. I I, um, I don't like how the United the Intercontinental Championship has kind of bounced back and forth a little bit since uh, they kind of rejuvenated it not long ago. Um, and uh, I'd really like to see Axel keep the belt. And I'm cautiously optimistic that uh, that the Miz is not going to be the one to take it from. Or that it's at least not going to happen at this pay-per-view. Yeah, I agree. Um, I find it really interesting. I mean, I think the bigger story with this match is just Curtis Axel in general. Um, it was really cool how he won uh, the belt, you know, on Father's Day at the last pay-per-view. Uh, I guess it was payback, right? Um, Sounds right. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, because that was really, I don't know about you, but I, I've associated Mr. Perfect with the Intercontinental Championship a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it was really neat that he got that. And then, and they've been pretty consistent in their desire to, to push him. Um, do you see him eventually becoming, you know, one of the top five, six guys in the company where he might have a couple of years of, of dabbling in the main event? It's a good question. Um, Part of me, well, I think on this one I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, he'll probably ascend to the level that Christian is at. One one of the reasons I bring it up, like in that in that fashion, is that he's already what 32. So if they're gonna do it, they got to do it, you know. Right. And Chris, yeah, Christian makes some sense, but he's a little bigger, you know. He's a little more of a Vince size kind of guy. Who? Axel. Curtis Axel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he um he's certainly bigger than Christian is. I'm I'm just thinking in terms of uh the level of accomplishment that he'll get. I don't know that I'll ever see him being like a any more than like a two time world champion, which, you know, is certainly certainly quite an accomplishment, but um yeah, I mean, I'm not seeing Hall of Famer or anything, but like, you know, uh, to a level where uh, it's it's hard to think of any examples now because they haven't let they haven't really elevated anybody recently. But um, 
I mean, I kind of where think... Henry is, you know, I don't know, where, where you just feel like he belongs in those upper echelon feuds, you know, like, like, do you see him just kind of ascending the mid card and, and, and we just view Curtis Axel as a guy that is going to be, you know, involved in, in a big feud here and there. Honestly, I don't think so. I, I don't think, I don't think he'll get, uh, I don't think he'll even get to the status that, uh, Seamus did. I, I right. don't, Seamus uh, is a good example. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I don't know why I just don't see it. I see, I see the potential for him to be, uh, you know, a pretty good uh, intercontinental champion and maybe a tag team champion at some point. But uh, yeah, I kind of don't either. And 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 honestly, feels like he's getting thrown a bone here. Yeah. And I, but but I thought it was worth asking. Yeah. No, it's and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there's some people that end up listening to this podcast that. I'd say, oh, those guys are crazy that, uh, you know, a year from now or two years from now we'll be seeing him uh, slowly get, you know, up into the main event. And, uh, you know, after that he'll be a, a permanent fixture there. But uh, I mean, it is a big deal. He's got Paul Heyman. You know, yeah, but, but how long is that going to really, He doesn't talk for very many guys. Right. Despite the perception. I mean, he's really – he's only latched on to what? Lesnar and Punk and I don't know. Did he ever latch on to RVD? I don't know. I mean, uh, some. Yeah. Yeah, that's that'll be interesting. So you pick an Axel for this one, right? Yes. For the match. All right. Okay. So so far we got two championships not changing hands. Uh, one that I think could change hands here is the Divas Championship. Uh, a little Miss AJ against Caitlin. Um, you know, this is probably the most legit women's feud in a few years, I would think, right? Yeah, it's certainly the most heated. I can't, I can't remember one that's that's gotten more heated than this, and uh, I'm certainly enjoying it. Um, I know that not everybody is a fan of Divas wrestling, right? Um, so what I find interesting about this is that we've got some dynamics going on with the heel face. I mean, really throughout the WWE right now, they're trying to blur the lines between heel and face and we could have a whole podcast on that. But, um, you know, Caitlin's been a little rough with AJ, you know, and AJ could probably get some of that Dolph Ziggler like, uh, sympathy, if Caitlin were to give her a beatdown, um, I'm wondering: Do you see them actually trying anything like that in the Divas division? You know, I mean, they've obviously put a little more effort into this feud than they ever have in any other Divas feud in a while. Um, do, do, you, do you think they could really kind of give us something new here on this pay per view, or is it just going to be kind of business as usual? So it, it almost sounds like you're asking whether I think they'll do the uh, the the double turn where AJ would become a face because uh, Caitlyn gets the heel treatment because she well yeah that's pretty much what I'm asking and I and I think it's very plausible because AJ is the smaller of the two and she's the more sympathetic figure I mean uh, aside from what she said obviously she's made some pretty horrific remarks. Um, but right. we don't hold remarks against wrestlers for too long. It seems, you know, so like you could, the crowd could gloss over that pretty quickly. Um, yeah, and she's from New Jersey. So we're in Philadelphia and they seem to like 
they seem to like mixing in location and wrestler lately. Yeah, so. and I, I think that's an important aspect of this is the uh, the Philly crowd is because, first of all, you know, I could see the Philly crowd being behind AJ because she's awesome in like five different ways um, and them not really caring too much for Caitlyn because, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily associate her with uh, Philadelphia or the right. Philly crowd. I don't, she's I don't really feel... Yeah, she's not really a Philly type, right? Right. Um, but on the other hand, I don't see the Philly crowd booing somebody because they beat the hell out of somebody and go beyond what's necessary. So if if they did a switch, I don't see it working from that aspect. What? Well, I could see them cheering for AJ just because it's Philly. Right. Yeah, and I think that I think AJ will get cheers because I think she got cheers when she won the title. You know, it was it was a mixed response when she won. Yeah. Um, because you could tell how hard she worked for it and wanted it, and how improbable it was that a girl, you know, of her size and all that, was able to do it. Um, but you know, the as far as like an actual turn playing out, I mean, I'm just thinking like. Uh, Layla is kind of the quintessential face, right? And she's been following Caitlyn around. Yeah. Um, you know, she can play a part in that where she's trying to pull Caitlyn off or, or whatever, or, or Caitlyn attacks Layla, and then all of a sudden Caitlyn's a heel. It doesn't, she doesn't have to attack AJ for it to work. Right. Um, and then, so, you know, she attacks Layla, they hate her, and then... You know, she's attacking AJ, and AJ's the sympathetic figure, you know, whatever. I don't know, I just thought it was an interesting possibility um, that they've they've kind of put it into play with, with the amount of attention they've given to the two divas. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll actually get something out of it. But Yeah, we can we can go ahead and put me down as, as being doubtful of that possibility, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I would I would be entertained if it did happen. I mean, if you want, we can discuss their uh, their move sets. But uh, I, I, <laughs> I figured this I was like, a hotter topic. Yeah, I do like a lot of things that, uh, that AJ does. And, uh, <laughs> that uh, that that new uh, what do they call it? The Black Widow or something? Yeah, that's that's pretty money. Right, and there's there's a picture that I saw somewhere on the internet, probably Reddit, where uh, where. I think someone on Squared Circle found a picture of her um, putting her uh, her foot to somebody's jaw in the corner and uh, <laughs> basically doing a stand-up split, you know. Right. And, uh, yeah, I could I could watch four of those matches if that's all she did. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, do we see? Do you see AJ retaining or Caitlyn as your new Divas champion? I will say that uh, Caitlyn becomes the new Divas champion. Hmm. Yep. Damn you. <laughs> I was going to say that. Where are you? Uh, well, I'm going to have to stick with it because that's what I think too. Yeah. I just I feel like uh, there's some tension brewing backstage between um, AJ and uh, Dolph. And I feel like uh, a lot of it is because of how AJ has been acting now that she's uh, Divas champion. Right, and I think uh, AJ losing the belt is the best thing for that storyline. Yeah, I agree. I think that storyline is far more interesting in terms of things that are happening with divas right now than uh, anything 
uh, Caitlin could be involved with. And that's partially why I see a little bit of the turn there too, is that I, I think Caitlin and Layla are probably destined for a feud. Yes. But, uh, Anything that gets Layla back on my uh, television screen right. is, uh, is good with me. Uh, so, In fact, I'll just throw this out there. It's not the first time that I've considered a, uh, a Layla, Caitlin, AJ uh, three-way. Now that now you're talking, that's yes. a SummerSlam match if I've ever heard of one. I, I don't know what kind of SummerSlam thing you're talking about, but uh, I'm just talking three-way. And, <laughs> right. uh, well. and me watching. Um, so yeah, take that for what you will. Sure. Yeah. Do you want you want a minute or should we? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> well, in something completely different, let's talk about John Cena, and Mark Henry. Um, if, if there's one way to get the other thing out of my mind, it's uh, John Cena and Mark Henry. There right. C Nation, baby. There you go. Uh, so here we have. Uh, Johnny Babyface Cena against the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, who, despite being uh, everything you think a guy needs to have to be one of the top echelon guys, he really didn't get it until he was World Heavyweight Champion about two years ago. Uh, do you think he has any chance to win this one? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd like to see it happen, and uh, I think I think kind of the way they've been going um, actually sets up quite nicely for him to uh, to beat John Cena. Uh, I I feel like it probably won't happen, but um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a it's I want to say it's almost fifty fifty shot. Um, well, first of all, I'm I'm remiss. I, I should have asked. What did you think about his uh, retirement promo? Was that was that not one of the greatest things ever? Uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, I, you, I didn't buy did into you, it. Did you have it spoiled for you? Did you see it live? I saw. I saw it live. I didn't. I didn't see any of the uh, the tweets um, that yeah. Mark Henry did. I, I didn't hear anything about him. Oh, so you um, didn't. You didn't know about the retirement tweets leading up to it. No, not not until they started referencing them on Raw, and you know, it seemed like they were trying to really push it as being legit. But the fact that Mark Henry told John Cena, hey, don't go anywhere, right? kind of, you know, I don't know. Tipped you off. Yeah, yeah. But, I, you know, I was, I still marked out when he uh, picked him up and getting the world's world's largest slam or strongest slam. Or Yeah, I have to say that was, that was the most reaction I've had on Raw in a while. Yeah. Um, man, and I had seen those tweets leading up to it because, uh, you know, different, people that I follow were retweeting it, you know, and he's, right. he's tweeting at like celebrities, like be sure to watch tonight, man. It's my retirement, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and this speech was so impassioned, you know, and you could see, like you could actually see tears and everything. Yep. Um, he references baby, his baby girl. Yeah. Home and, to be and, baby girl. And that's, and that makes perfect sense. Cause you figure these guys are on the road. They don't see their families. You know, it's like the, the motivation to retire is to see their family. Yep. Um, and so he played that up perfectly, and, and you think, like, oh, well, he's definitely done, man. It's like he's going to see his family. And then just – and it's so perfect the way that that's his finisher, you know, and he can make it happen in a split second. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was laughing. Like, I just was 
knee slapping and chortling. It was it was the greatest. Nice. Uh, I, th- I think I would have preferred something where, uh, you know, maybe later in the night John Cena was catching a beat down from somebody and Mark Henry ran out, you know, to you know to have one last moment where he, uh, you know, tries to do good in the WWE universe, and uh, instead of uh, instead of totally you know, scaring off whoever was beating down John Cena, he could have just turned right there and just run up Cena. I think that could have been, you know, one way to take that that concept and kind of push it to the next to the next level. But, I think you're uh, getting a little greedy there, buddy. Yeah. They gave yeah. us something great. <laughs> you know me, I, I'm 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 greedy. You know, it, it it can be a good segment, and I want it to be a great segment. It can be a great segment, and I want to. I want to say, ah, it could be better. Right. But, yeah, so that was that was a great way to build up this match, which we kind of thought was going to happen before uh, before they decided to go with Ryback. I guess Henry got hurt. Um, but after WrestleMania, you know, it, it seemed like Henry was in line for the, for the title match. Uh, so we're back on it now. Um, you said you think he has a decent chance to win. However, there's always that doubt with Cena. Right. You know, and I, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, the one thing that sticks out to me is that we have an issue here with the Philadelphia crowd. Um, is this going to close the show? Or are they going to mm-hmm. close it with the All-Stars match with RVD? Oof. Um, I think based on my expectations with RVD, which we can talk about later, I think... Uh, I think they won't. I don't think they'll close with uh, the All Stars match. You don't. No. No. Okay. So you think they'll close with this one? I mean, yes. what else would they close with? <laughs> right. The Divas. Uh, okay. Yeah, pro- probably not Del Rio Ziggler. <laughs> not right back, Jericho. Doubtful. Yeah. Uh, so, if they close with this. Do do they risk having John Cena close out a pay per view in Philadelphia? Oh yeah, absolutely. Really? Yep, absolutely. Ooh. I don't know. I have a hard time seeing it. I have a hard time seeing it. I don't know that he, they want to maintain Cena as this ultimate babyface, and he would get booed out of the building. Yep. I feel like if he's winning, it has to not close the show. Uh, I feel like John Cena always closes the show. So if he's closing the show, I think Henry's winning. Oof, you're making you're making a strong point there, John. Uh, wow, um, Mark Henry and all those dreadlocks as the cameras fade out, holding up the gold. Man. Uh, that would be it. That would be a, a great moment for me. I'd love to see it. Um, but I, I honestly think it's going to end with John Cena, with his back to the crowd, that's wanting to throw stuff at him, and uh, holding up the belt. Yeah. Actually, I, I take I take that back. I, John Cena, I give him you know, fifty five percent, you know that he's going to win. I don't see him walking out under his own power. Sure. Um, I I see uh, Mark Henry messing him up pretty bad. All right. So you picking uh, you picking Cena to win this one? Unfortunately. All right. I'm gonna go with Henry. 
Nice. Just got a vibe. Just want to go with it. Uh, I think I don't think this is a throwaway in the way that Ryback was. Um, I think there's something about Mark Henry and his history with the company and probably the respect that Cena has for him that Cena would actually put him over. Because I, ultimately, I think it's Cena's ego that holds all these guys back, like Ryback and all that crap, which is right. probably not a shock to anyone. Right. Um, I don't think he can have that ego towards Mark Henry, and I think he'll get his short month or two run uh, off of this. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering who um, who the next opponent for Mark Henry would be if he does win. Well, that could possibly be a topic of conversation later. Yeah, I think um, I think anyone who watches this video should really consider that option, regardless of whether they think John Cena is going to retain the belt or not. I yeah. want to know who other people think um, Mark Henry would face next month. And I don't just want to hear people say, oh, John Cena is going to get his rematch because John Cena can't be out of the main event for more than a month. Remind me after we come back from break to talk about my thoughts on the rematch clause. Okay. I, I've started to develop some thoughts about this. But let's hit a break. Uh, we'll talk about Del Rio Ziggler, Ryback Jericho, the Wyatt family, the power struggle among the McMahons, and of course, the All-Stars uh, Money in the Bank match. We'll be right back. the guys nation wrestling podcasts that was the uh, Wyatt family theme song there uh, very very appropriate for this group <laughs> yeah very creepy yeah you can say that again and uh, I think we definitely need to talk more about how creepy they are in their debut but before we do that it sounded like you had a pretty strong opinion on the uh, the rematch clause so well I mean, this isn't something I've fleshed out, but it occurred to me over the last few months that every time there's a title change, I got the stupid rematch clause. And I'm hoping they start to do away with it because, listen, did they have this back in the day? Because I don't remember it. And I'm watching a lot of old school, uh, you know, Attitude Era stuff. I'm in the middle of... Uh, July, I just finished Jew, uh, uh, Fully Loaded, July 1999. 
they don't do this. They don't say immediately after a title change, we're going to have the same match again. So when did yeah. this start? Wow. Uh, good question. Um, started when they got really lazy. Uh, so I, I would say it, it had to have started somewhere after uh, the whole uh, era where it was just Austin versus Mankind versus Undertaker versus Kane. There was, I mean, I'm kind of in the middle of that. Well, I'm, I'm not quite there yet, but... Yeah. I don't know. It's just... it's. Like like you said, it's lazy. Uh, yep. You know, and it, it annoys me to no end that, that as soon as a title change happens, well, he's got a rematch. He's got a rematch clause, you know, and it's like, okay. <laughs> so now sure. i got to see that match that I just saw, that I just got excited about the guy winning. He's going to have to face the same guy again. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, it's pretty terrible. Back in the day, Hulk Hogan never had to... Uh, Never had to give Sergeant Slaughter a rematch. Yeah, Shiki Baby wasn't getting a rematch. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, it certainly didn't happen much under uh, any of Bret Hart's reigns. But it it hamstrings the storylines. Like, you know, uh, for instance, I just watched Fully Loaded '99, and they had uh, the match before the main event was The Rock versus Triple H, and Triple H had said. Or it said, well, he had deemed that he was going to get a title shot, and for whatever reason, he got that granted. I guess he had power already uh, right. if he had won that match. And so he wins the match, and he's guaranteed the title shot at the next pay per view. And then the Undertaker and Steve Austin fight for the for the title uh, in a first blood match. And uh, you know, it didn't matter that Steve Austin beat the Undertaker because the Undertaker wasn't getting his rematch. Right. It was it was Triple H next pay per view, you know, and yep. that would never happen. Now they, they they don't even leave themselves that option with this stupid rematch clause. Yeah, you know what I blame for this? I blame UFC hmm. because it feels like, you know, even though there's not like necessarily a guaranteed rematch clause, you know, what's the first thing you hear after a fight like uh, Anderson Silva versus Weidman? Right, right. You hear, yeah. oh well, Anderson Silva is getting the uh, the first shot at uh, getting his belt back. Yeah, yeah. It's that whole number one contender, you know, thing where it's like wrestling's not actually a fighting sport. I mean, it's they don't have to adhere to those rules, but they do anyway, and it's annoying. Yeah, and and honestly, it makes sense with UFC because um, you know if Anderson Silva doesn't get the next shot at Weidman. Then you always have the chance that Silva's going to get injured in his next fight, and then he's not going to get to face, you know, uh, Weidman for the belt and, you know, all that stuff. But you don't have to worry about that with wrestling. You know, you can say, hey, yeah, you get a rematch clause, but you don't have to be the next person right. to get the shot. You should have to wait another full pay-per-view. And, oh, by the way, you think you have a rematch clause, you have to put that on the line next month. Right, or or just the fact that like, if the champion, eh, <laughs> whatever. No, you're right. It's 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 just it, it hamstrings the storylines in my in my opinion, um, and it it just kind of takes away some of the, you know, the best thing about wrestling is that you don't know what's coming next, or at least you hopefully don't know what's coming next, uh, because they have that ability to tell a story, whereas. 
you know, other fighting sports, you know, it's, it's, it's real. It's, it's whatever, whoever's the best is going to get the win and it may or may not be dramatic, but wrestling can and has the ability to make every single thing they do dramatic. Right. And when they take some of that away, it's just, it's, I think we're getting cheated. Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, there's, right. there's no reason why they should uh, have to fall back on something like this just so that people can feel like, uh, you know, they're getting their money's worth or that uh, they're not seeing somebody who doesn't deserve it, right? I mean, in, in wrestling, it's it's all about the storylines, and you can have reasons why things happen and things don't happen. You don't have to do, you know, you don't have to do that in fight sport. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, so let's get back into Money in the Bank. All right. Uh, let's see. We've got two other matches plus the all-star that we haven't talked about. Uh, let's talk about Del Rio and Dolph Ziggler. Uh, we've had a face turn here for Dolph Ziggler that has been fairly successful. You know, he's, he's got the crowd behind him. They've, they've had him, you know, get over on Del Rio here and there. Uh, how do you see this shaping up? Do you, do you, do you see Ziggler winning? Um, does that mean that they continue their feud? I mean, where's this thing going? I see Ziggler winning um, primarily because I think that it's going to be, uh, you know, a good catalyst for things going on between he and AJ, which I think is one of the more important storylines they've got going on in WWE. Uh, certainly not the most important championship in WWE, but. I, I see that as being one of their top storylines. Um, I don't want Del Rio to hold the belt anymore. I don't see a way for Ziggler to get another uh, rematch at it anytime, you know, in the in the next couple of months if he doesn't win here. So I feel like this has to happen now. Yeah. Yeah, because in. And yeah, it really boils down to kind of a referendum on Dolph Ziggler is, you know, if he doesn't win this match, then, you know, all the stuff that he's done in the last year is somewhat moot, don't you think? I mean, you know, it took him forever to cash in the briefcase. Uh, he finally did in dramatic fashion. Uh, and then he gets this, this injury with the uh, concussion, he has to sit out forever and then gets a, a face turn, which was, was pretty interesting, pretty cool. Um, but the only way to make that face turn mean something is, is for him to get this victory. Yeah, uh, and, and I, I think, I think Del, you know, Del Rio doesn't have um, you know, a lot of heat behind him. I, I feel like Del Rio's heat kind of depends on who he's facing. If if that makes much sense, I, I feel like you know against a good heel, Del Rio can seem like a face. Against a good face, he can seem like a good heel. But on his own, he doesn't necessarily have it. Um, he gets compared a lot to Bret Hart. Del Rio does. Yeah, I hear that every once in a while. Uh, I, I I guess maybe somewhat with wrestling style, but the more I hear you talk about his his. Uh, his chameleon-like ability with face and heel, I, I, that's somewhat similar to Bret Hart, too. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Because um, he's not great on the mic, you know, but he's good enough. He's got the wrestling chops that get some of the hardcores in there. 
Yeah, you're you're just losing me a little bit because Bret Hart's my number one. Guy oh, I'm not time. saying he's anything. I'm not saying he's anywhere near as good as Bret Hart, but as but as a character, uh, he's kind of in that same spot where it's like he can do either he can do face or heel as the company needs him, uh, and it's not a big loss. Like if he's a face, it's not you're not losing out on money that could be made on him as a heel or vice versa, you know? Right. No, I see what you're saying. Um, but basically, I just want Del Rio to get out of the main event. Um, <laughs> I, I don't uh, I don't see a lot of potential for him um, doing anything other than losing to Dolph Ziggler. Uh, uh, I, I don't see... If, if Del Rio wins this match... I don't know who his next opponent's going to be. Well, he's not hes not leaving the main events. I mean, yeah. do, you really, do you really think they're going to take him out of that, the, the Latino star that they've built up? Uh, I mean, I guess not. I guess it's just a personal preference thing that I feel like he needs to do something else for a while. Yeah. What, uh, what else could he do? Get a tag team going or... I would love to see a tag team. I'd love to see a tag team of him and uh, Ricardo Rodriguez. Yeah, that'd, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. In fact, truth be told, I'd, I'd really like to see uh, Camacho come back. Hmm. Uh, yeah, the the guy who was it Camacho? That was his name, right? Yeah. There. Were, I don't think I saw much of him, but yeah, there was a Camacho. Camacho and uh, who who is the guy that used to be Sin Cara? Hunico. Hunico, yeah. Yeah. Man, Camacho yeah, was, was his, uh, was his uh, bike rider guy. Right, uh, yes. Yes, you're right. Well, let me, let me just say this so that I didn't just make a total fool of myself. I would like to see Camacho <laughs> and Hunico come back because I would like to see Hunico and Del Rio team up and uh, actually do some stuff. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Because I feel like right now... Del Rio is like a poor man's Ted DiBiase from a different country, and that's the only that's the only angle he's been playing, right? Like he does that, and he you know he throws his little fiestas, but there's there's not much interesting to him. Yeah, and he doesn't really have an edge, right? Like he 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 doesn't seem dangerous. He doesn't seem formidable. You know, I mean, he seems like he can get the job done, and yeah, on a on a given night he can get somebody to tap out. But if you if you put somebody in there with him, like like Hunico, he's got a good style mix that it juxtaposes what Del Rio brings, right? And it gives him that harder edge. I mean, I I wouldn't have Hunico continue on with the uh, you know dressing like he's in a gang, but I wouldn't I wouldn't. I wouldn't make him out to be uh, a luchador again, and I certainly wouldn't uh, have him dress like Del Rio. But yeah. I think that's the perfect spot for Del Rio for now. Yeah, and you know, and that brings up a question I actually wanted to ask about this: is Do you feel that this double turn that occurred, which legitimately occurred, um, and which is hard to pull off, and they they pretty much did it with these two guys? Um. Do you feel that was more about Del Rio or more about Ziggler? I think like, it was more about Ziggler. I mean, I, I yeah. feel like I feel like people, you know, sure they're cheering for Del Rio, but um, 
They weren't they that into it. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, the people just want something to chant. And uh, with Ziggler, there's nothing to chant. There's no catchphrases to go with. They just like him because he's super talented. Yeah. You know, on the mic and even better in the ring. They appreciate and, it. Yeah. Yeah. He he's entertaining. Yeah. I I don't really feel like Del Rio is entertaining. Del Rio is a good wrestler. He's good on the mic, but he's not entertaining. Do we see Dolph Ziggler coming out of this, heading towards, you know, next WrestleMania? Is he going to be a top six guy? Is he going to be right up there? Because they've been trying it. They've been building him up for it for the longest time. Is he, is he actually going to finally break through and, and, you know, it's a done deal that he's he's among the top guys? Wow. Uh, top six. So that would be Cena, Punk. Yeah, we're looking at Cena, Punk, Sheamus. I mean, I don't, I don't want to include part-timers like Lesnar. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's dubious right now who the top six is probably, but... But you know what yeah. I mean, like that that feeling, you know, that, okay, in the new pay-per-view cycle, I can easily see Dolph Ziggler in a main event or, or right near the main event. Right. So from my perspective, a top six guy would be, you know, if you go a year and that, that guy doesn't have at least two title shots and maybe one title reign, right. something went wrong, right? Yeah, and he doesn't have some throwaway, like, pre-show feud. Yeah. You know, like the Miz is no longer a top six guy. Right. Because right, right. he's on pre-shows left and right. Yeah. Randy Orton is not a top six guy, even though he's not on pre-shows. Right. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and say, yeah, that I think uh, Dolph Ziggler is going to be a top six guy. Um, just because I, I think, Del, I, I at least consider Del Rio versus Jack Swagger at WrestleMania to be a letdown. And I you know, I, I didn't feel like there was a lot of interest in that match, even though they, you know, they went the, the racial route and could have been, they, yeah. But uh, and and not necessarily even the match at WrestleMania. I was talking about like you know, I was at the Raw prior to WrestleMania, and you know they, that's where they taped SmackDown also, and no one cared about Jack Swagger, right? And yeah, that that shouldn't happen for you know a guy who. Uh, is in a match for one of the top world titles, right? Yeah. And I, I feel like if you have Dolph Ziggler in a match, everyone's going to care about that, and everyone's going to care about his opponent. Yeah, I agree. And and he's he brings to the table what Brian brings to the table, and it's just that energy where you know moves are bigger than normal. Uh, you know, nothing's kind of half-assed. You know, everything is dramatic. Um, and, yeah, guys like that, they need to be at the top. Uh, so let, let's uh, let's try to power through some of the rest of this here. But first, uh, who do you got, ADR or Ziggler on that one? Ziggler. Ziggler all the way. How about you? <clears throat> yeah, I got to say Ziggler, too. I mean, well, there... I have this slight feeling that there's going to be interference from AJ and Big E. And as you've mentioned earlier, there's something with that storyline that's not resolved yet. I'm not really sure where it's going to go. Um, so I, I feel like they could 
you know what, I'm going with ADR because that's that was my initial vibe on it. Okay, so your your gut's telling you that uh, AJ and Big E are going to somehow keep Ziggler from winning. <sighs> Whether they keep him from winning or just get in his way enough that he doesn't win. Yeah. Um, and then. Because I don't think he needs I don't think he needs to be in the world heavyweight championship picture right now. Ooh. I don't know. It's gonna be You don't think Ziggler does? Yeah, I, I just don't think he needs it. You know, like I think certain guys need it. But okay. I, I think he can have an upper card feud that doesn't involve a title at this point. Okay. See, with me I, I feel like if Ziggler doesn't win now he fades back into uh, the upper mid card where he kind of got stuck in sludge for the past. Uh, right, I hear you. And, but, but the and the and the feud I would see him having is with Big E, because I don't think Big E is going to sit on the sidelines much longer. Right. It wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to keep trotting this guy out on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown and not have him wrestle. And well, if he, he's not if he's not wrestling Ziggler, who's who's he going to wrestle? That's an interesting point. Uh, but here's here's another thought. I was saying that Del Rio needs to be in the tag team. Yeah. How how interesting would a uh, Del Rio Big E tag team be? That would certainly be interesting. Yeah. Because you know Ziggler maybe say, uh, you know, I don't I don't need your help anymore. I don't want your help. You're getting in the way. You almost cost me the chance to get my belt back. And then, uh, you know. But then who does Ziggler go with? Um, Great Kali. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But uh, uh, probably, uh, probably Sin Cara because they keep. Um, but the overall keep, point, yeah. the overall point is that Ziggler and Big E are somewhat intertwined. Maybe they're just going to forget about that, which – I wouldn't really have a huge deal with if they just forgot about it, but I do think they could have a good feud, and I, I hope they, they go for it. Yeah, I could see that being a possibility, except for the fact that uh, every time AJ has been freaking out and saying, you know, we need to get out of here, we need to get out of, you know, we, I don't want to get attacked by Caitlin, Caitlin's going to get to me, all this stuff. Big E is, like, you know, laughing and call, saying, like, calm down, and even though he ends up helping her and, you know, going off and doing whatever, um, he's still kind of got that whole thing where, like, you know, AJ, you're being absurd, you know. Yeah. If he took her a little more seriously, then I could see that being, you know, part of the reason that Big E might want to, you know, stick around with AJ, but I, I don't know. I'm probably thinking thinking too much into it. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see where it goes, but I agree with you overall that there's probably a story to be had there. Um that might, you know, go ahead and culminate at SummerSlam, or at least be a, a part of the SummerSlam storylines. Yeah. Uh, so let's jump into uh, <laughs> something that neither of us kind of remembered was even on the card: Ryback versus Jericho. Uh, you know, Jericho's in that limbo stage where he's just kind of putting guys over, um, winning matches here and there. You know, he's still competing at a really high level, but clearly is not going to be in any sort of title picture. Um, and then you've got Ryback, who's coming off of, you know, 
two title shots with John Cena, uh, and now Jericho's calling him Cryback because he actually had to quit a match, uh, which is unbelievable. Uh, I mean, this guy has gone from being feed me more with the whole arena going nuts over him to quitting matches, um, you know, with Cryback and Goldberg chants raining down on him. Uh, I mean, what's what's the result of this of this match? I mean, does it do anything for either guy to win? I mean, I guess Ryback could get a little bit of a, a rehab win here, but I mean, <laughs> who hasn't beaten Jericho lately at this point? Yeah. I don't know. It's just yeah. I think I think the whole point of this is to to get Ryback to a point where he shows the front office a little more of what he's capable of doing. I feel like, uh, you know, the cryback thing, it's it's helping him get to a point where he doesn't just seem like Goldberg 2.0 or Goldberg 3.0 or whatever, um, where he, you know, he can actually show his skills in not just, you know, talking on the mic, not just dealing with, you know, a different type of wrestler in, in Chris Jericho, but also showing more personality in the ring in his matches you know i mean this this match won't be the same as as the ones he was having a year ago um i mean he i don't know if you probably saw it but i think uh well you probably saw it but a couple weeks ago i believe he was facing justin gabriel it was probably on smackdown because i don't think they would put a match like that on raw (laughs) no but uh justin gabriel get out of here yeah um, but I, I really like the match, and Justin Gabriel had, you know, like two-thirds of the offense in that match. And, you know, they kind of played it up as Ryback kind of, you know, meeting a, an opponent who had the skills that, uh, you know, caught him off guard. But then in the end, you know, he ends up, you know, catching uh, Gabriel doing a move and whatever and then just destroys him with, like, two moves. And uh, I feel like those are the kind of things that are going to help Ryback get to the top because, you know, Ryback can have his match with John Cena. He can have his match with Sheamus. But it's the matches that Ryback has with guys like Dolph Ziggler, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, you know, even even a guy like Justin Gabriel. Those are the matches that, you know, Ryback needs to prove what he's capable of doing before they put a championship on him and say, okay, you're going to have all these crazy uh, opponents. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, to show that he can work with a variety of styles and he's not just a one-trick pony. Uh, yeah. And I saw an interesting theory on the interwebs uh, about how Ryback's character kind of uh, mirrors the Terminator, where he comes in as this unstoppable force, right? Yeah, just kind of mows down everybody he wants, and then suddenly, you know, in Terminator Two, he starts to have feelings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that's what we've seen lately with the cryback, and like on Mondays, hugging Vicky. Right. <laughs> Which I don't know. I, I don't know what it looks like to you, but it seems like Vicky's going to be his manager. Yeah, uh, I, I I'm going to love it when that happens. Uh, I'll be really surprised if it doesn't. And and the other thing is he wasn't wearing his getup, which obviously he wasn't wrestling, so he wasn't going to wear it anyway. But he was wearing a leather jacket. Yeah. Um, he can't wear that same br- airbrush 
tunic, you know, now that uh, RVD's around. Right, uh, right, right. They'll have the So he's probably going to have a full character change here coming up. Um, and I could see this whole feelings, kind of emotional uh, twist being something that could, uh, you know, fill out his character a bit, you know, and not just be that single-minded, feed me more, or whatever, robot kind of thing. Yeah. And honestly, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the possibility of uh, Vicky Guerrero managing a guy who um, we don't think she wants to make out with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's, she's, she's shown that she has the capability to be a really good manager, but, you know, whether it was Edge or Dolph Ziggler, like, it just... It's creepy how they always just have her, uh, you know, want to make out with the guys, right? Yeah. So, oh, totally. I, I like the possibility of her showing what she can do as a heel manager without having that creepy uh, "I'm in charge, I'm going to get you a title shot as long as you sleep with me" type of deal. Yeah, and and this leads me into another small discussion point that you know it's not on the pay per view, but. Obviously, it's going to be a storyline coming up, which is the power struggle among Triple H, Stephanie, and Vince. Um, you saw that Vince was a little more on the side of keeping Vicky in her spot, um, whereas Triple H was like, F that, you know, she's done. Right. Um, bad for business. Bad for business, right. Do we see Ryback being the surrogate fighter for Vince? in this power struggle, you know, he goes with Vicky, Vicky aligns with Vince, you know, and then all of a sudden they're all involved in this kind of whoever, who knows how long-term this storyline is going to go. I mean, it could go all the way to WrestleMania 30. Um, but is that what they do with Ryback? Is, is he get involved in this, which I think would be a good way f to keep him relevant um, without being in a title picture. Cause they've already ascended him past us title and intercontinental titles. Yeah. Um, so he's got to somewhat be in a, an important storyline if he's going to be, you know, among their kind of top six guys in the future. Um, I could see him being involved in this power struggle. Yeah. So who does Triple H take as his uh, as his guy? I mean, is it is it just Triple H? I, I mean, it could be. I, I, mean, I don't know who would fit the bill if not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could, I could, I could. But he, he is acting. He is acting like he's not going to wrestle as much anymore. But at the right. same time, you could see. I mean, is it that hard to see right back in the ring and Triple H suddenly rips off his tie and then boom, you got a match? You know. Right. Yeah. But I mean, otherwise you would have to have Triple H. You know, pick a guy, and I'm not even sure who at this point uh, he could go with. I mean. Um, I mean, Sheamus, maybe. I could go for uh, a Sheamus-Ryback feud. With, what, a, uh, what about WrestleMania 30, Vince and Ryback tag team against Triple H and Brad Maddox? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, uh, Apparently Maddox is a, is a Triple H guy. So. Yeah. But I think there's probably a reason why he hasn't gotten into the ring since, oh, his debut. Since I he believe, caused Ryback the championship. I believe 
Brad, Brad Maddox had his debut on Raw against Ryback. Right. Well, he cost... Well, yeah, because he was trying to get a contract, right? Yeah. But his initial introduction to the universe was costing Ryback the championship when he he gave him the a nut shot against CM Puck. Yeah, CM the, Punk. The and then yeah. As the referee, right? Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't so there's already a history there and Brad Maddox and Triple H are probably going to end up being aligned through all the fallout from this Vicky Guerrero thing. Yeah, although Brad Maddox was Triple H was Vince McMahon's choice, although he didn't give him a glowing recommendation. Hmm. That's true. Yeah, instead call him. Yeah. Well, anyway, but but I no, but I, I could even with that I could still I could still see him being Triple H's choice just because uh, you know Vince wasn't exactly uh, you know. No, I'm not saying Brad Maddox is going to be Triple H's just like hound dog you know to take care of his business. Right. I was just throwing it out there like, couldn't you see yes. Vince wanting to get in the ring at WrestleMania 30? And it's going to have to be a tag match because he's not going to do it on his own at this point. At least I would hope not. Right. Uh, and then who's Triple H's partner? It'd probably be Brad Maddox. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, can see, I can see that being a strong possibility. Yeah, or Booker T comes back. <laughs> yeah, where where in the world has he been? I have no idea. I didn't hear why he left. All right, so so somebody listening to this podcast, I want to know where Booker T has been. I could Google it for myself. Jot that down, producer. Yep. Non-existent producer. Yeah. All right, so Ryback Jericho, any prediction on that match? Ryback. I think Ryback gets gets well on this one. Yeah, I, I think I think things don't look good for Ryback if he doesn't beat Jericho here. I'm gonna go ahead with Jericho. Oh, I think this is one of the Philadelphia pops. Uh, I think Ryback has yet to fall even further before Vicky pulls him out. Oof. Yeah, it doesn't sound like uh, you you're predicting uh, that they are cashing cashing in uh, on Ryback's potential. It sounds like. No, well, I think I think why half acid? If you're going to drive this guy into the ground, drive him into the ground. And I mean, not that losing to Jericho is driving the guy into the ground, but it's you think that this is going to be a get well match, and I bet it's not. I bet it's let's have Ryback lose even more, and then uh, you know he's going to rise like the Phoenix eventually or some shit. That's just how I feel about it. I guess to me it depends whether or not Vicky Guerrero is in his corner on Sunday night. Yeah, she won't. But she'll come out there and, like, you know, cuddle him or whatever when he's in a heap after a couple code breakers. Okay. So you're you're saying that uh, the loss is just a further catalyst to him uh, getting Vicky Guerrero as a manager. Yeah, I think he needs a total gimmick change. Like... Ryback is going to be reinvented. Um, and I think he has to lose for that to happen. Okay. See, I was I was like 85-15 on uh, Ryback, win- Ryback winning. But after what you just said, probably more like 70-30. I still think Ryback's going to win. 
Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you doubled the odds in my mind, Jericho, taking it. Yeah. Which means that Jericho is probably going to take it. <laughs> That's how it happens with me. <laughs> well, the other thing is I'm looking at the picks I've already made, and I have, like, a lot of heels winning, so this feels like one that, uh, that the face is going to win. But... All right, so let's jump right into the hopefully main event of the evening, the All-Stars match, which, as we mentioned earlier, the World Heavyweight Championship is all heels. This one is all faces. Uh, You've got Christian, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, Rob Van Dam, and Sheamus. And Kane has apparently been ruled out after his beatdown at the hands of the White family. Have they officially ruled him out? Yes. The, uh, there's apparently, if you go to www.com right now, I'm there uh, right now. They I'm talk about for. who's going to replace Kane. Will really? Kane compete at Money in the Bank? I'm looking at that right now. Oh, yep. They even have a question mark over his grayed out face. There you go. Preview screen for the match. So. Wow. First off, do you have a favorite for this match? Personally, I think I think it has to be Daniel Bryan. I think you know the other guys uh, they pose potential, but I think I think it's got to be Daniel Bryan, in my opinion. How about you? I, I think certainly he's been given the push uh, that says that this is a guy that's going to be in the WWE title scene sooner than later. Um, but I'm not sure he'd be the guy I pick to win. So we'll get into that. But okay, uh, do you see any turns happening since we have a bunch of faces involved in this? Randall K. Orton, it's time for you to go back to where you came from. Yeah. From whence you came. I think... Randy Orton has spent too long being a good guy, and it's time for him to get heel again so I can start appreciating him because I do not appreciate him as a face. He's a really odd face. I mean, admittedly, and full disclosure here for our listeners, I missed a good chunk in the mid-2000s, you know, Randall Orton's rise to prominence. In fact... He was one of the reasons I stopped watching. Um, <laughs> because as soon as I noticed him and Batista and like Cena were going to be kind of the guys, it just didn't really interest me as much. Uh, but anyway, so I didn't see as much much of his heel run. He's kind of been a face since I jumped back in. Um, I don't get how he gets the face reactions he he receives. Because... He does nothing. All he does is walk to the ring with no emotion. Then he gets on the second rope and puts his arms up with no emotion. And then he goes through his matches, does a DDT from the second rope, and slams his hands in the Viper and vintage RKO, whatever. (laughs) And that's it. And the fans love him. Well, some of the fans love him. (laughs) The females. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. I get, you know, and I guess there's a place for that. You know, The Rock was kind of, kind of brought the female fans in back in the day. But 
I don't know. But yeah, I agree. He, he doesn't belong anywhere near being a face. It, it doesn't fit his personality one bit. Uh, so he, he should turn. I hope he does. I question whether he will. In fact, I'm a little worried about our man, Daniel Bryan. Really? Yes. Here's what I'm worried about. First of all, he's been getting the mega push, as we discussed. Uh, he's gone over Orton clean. Uh, he just went over Christian clean on SmackDown, and then he went over Sheamus clean on Raw, right? Sounds right. Yeah. Okay. So when was the last time a guy had a mega push and a bunch of clean wins and wins the pay-per-view? Um, aside from John Cena doing it, uh, you're making a very valid point. Right. And he ended Raw on top of the ladder after throwing it at Orton and... Was it Punk? Uh, yeah, he came in and he, he attacked Punk first and then he threw the ladder at Orton. Sounds and right. ended Raw on top of the ladder. Okay, so I'm not feeling good about his chances to win. And the yeah. other problem I have is that we are thinking there's going to be a turn or two. I think it sets up perfectly for Daniel Bryan to be the turn. Uh Which is most unfortunate, because I don't want him to turn. But I think they've set it up this way, because he's been getting over with the crowd. He's shown no care whatsoever towards other faces, you know, whether they're face or not. So he's not doing the Seamus, I'm pal with everyone, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um... And he has that short fuse, pardon the pun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what happens when Daniel Bryan is in there with the last guy and the last guy gets the belt and he's standing on top of the ladder? What is Daniel Bryan going to do? He's going to push the ladder over. Yeah, I can see that. Daniel Bryan's going to lose his S because it was his title to win. He's going to do the nose, and he's going to he's going to go crazy over whoever wins. Yeah, but it's it's the Philadelphia crowd. It's the the rest of the fans that love to chant no, love to chant yes. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to end up being the full on heel where people are booing him. Right. But in Cave Fabe sense, you know, in in the storyline, I think he's going to come out. I think there's, a, I don't know that I'm going to predict this, but I think there's a very good chance that they've set it up that he comes out the sour apple, you know, at the end of the match. I mean, I guess I could see that if you're going to turn him heel, I have to think that Kane has to be involved somehow. Right. Um, unless, unless Kane is in the match, and you know, he. He shows up and he's trying to make a go at it, and Kane is about to get the belt or the briefcase at the end of the Money in the Bank match, and then it's Daniel Bryan that tears him away and you know is right. beating on him until somebody else gets the briefcase and boom, not, neither of them win. What if RVD is the man that pulls the briefcase down? Oh, so so you're, you're so then Daniel Bryan gets upset at him. Daniel yeah, Bryan put in all the work, and then this RBD character comes in and takes his briefcase. 
Yeah, so you're, you're taking the fact that uh, I was thinking that the Philadelphia crowd would be pretty much behind Daniel Bryan because of the uh, Ring of Honor background and the whatever the uh, the other yeah. one was. And they will be for the most part, but... Yeah, but, but you're, you're taking it a step further with uh, playing the trump card that uh, that is Rob Van Dam and his ECW roots. Yeah. Um, well, this kind of gets into an, another topic of discussion for this match. But the only thing that I have um, against what you just said is the fact that I do not see Rob Van Dam getting the briefcase. Right. Um, yeah, so what, what is your expectation for him? Let's just jump into that. Is uh, he just a crowd pleaser? Do you think he's going to have any sort of role with the WWE going forward? I, I, don't, I don't see it as being much, much different than uh, when Kevin Nash or Booker T showed up to be in the Royal Rumble those years. I think uh, Rob Van Dam is a, a crowd pleaser because it's in Philly. He's a yeah. crowd pleaser because he does crazy stuff in ladder matches, and he's totally willing to just go balls to the wall. And by all accounts, he's kind of lost a step, right? Um, yeah, I, I would say a step. Not not as much as you might think. I mean, he had some, uh, some decent matches as the uh, TNA Impact World Champion, whatever, whatever that championship's called. He actually did pretty well down there. Right. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see him getting back to the main event, and I don't think he should. And quite frankly, I don't see Vince or anybody else having the willingness to uh, invest in him any more than they're going to invest in Randy Orton or Jack Swagger at this point. Right. Okay. So that brings up a, a big point. So you don't feel like Randy Orton uh, has a shot to be the one that comes out of this because they might not want to invest in him. I wouldn't go that far. I don't see him cashing in the money in the bank and winning. I could see Randy Orton cashing in the money in the bank, getting a match, and losing. Hmm. Um, but I don't even see Rob Van Dam getting the briefcase. Right. So it's kind of... Yeah, so, okay. So, uh, do... Let's. Uh, do we think there's going to be any turns? We've we've kind of touched on that. Um, I don't think Christian or CM Punk are relevant towards that discussion. Sheamus, no. Um, so really, it comes down to Brian and Orton. Um, do you think they're going to throw in a replacement for Kane? Well, One interesting I theory I heard earlier was. Um, if they came up with some sort of stipulation where that first, which would kind of suck, but if they decided to come up with that, that first Money in the Bank match, the winner gets inserted into the All-Stars match. Mm. I mean, that would kind of deflate the first match, but, you know, you could see them doing something like that. They're kind of weird sometimes. Yeah, I almost, I almost don't see that happening just because I can't imagine one person doing two ladder matches True. I think that I think the theory behind that was it would be more of the uh, merging of the brands, you know. It yeah, would, but then but then what good is it that the person won the first Money in the Bank is just giving them the potential to have two briefcases? 
No, it's it's creating a playing game kind of. Oof. And then you have that going forward with your two matches every time. I would, if 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 I turn on the pay per view on Sunday night, and they do this where, uh, you know, the SmackDown Money in the Bank, you know, is just a playing game for the All Stars one. I'm gonna feel a little cheated. I'll be quite honest. Yeah, I think it's a terrible idea, but it, you know, something that was thrown out there. Uh, but the thing is, it's an all-stars match, so who the hell is an all-star that could actually be in it? I mean, Jericho, he's already in a match. Right, uh, so, so I, don't, I almost feel like you have to you know, discount anyone who's in any other matches. Yeah. And I was looking into that and looking through the roster, and there's really... <laughs> There's really only two names that come to mind. Um, Santino Morella is not one of them. Um, there's really only two names that come to mind, and I Santino don't know would if, get a big pop. Yeah, but he needs to be a star before he's an all-star. Yeah. So there's that. I would really love it to be Kofi Kingston or Evan Bourne or Tyson Kidd. Kingston would make some sense. Well. Because he's been I, out, so yeah, it'd be like I, a little bit of a return, whatever. Yeah, but I don't feel like he's an all star. I feel like when it comes no. to ladder matches, he he's kind of an all star. He, he right. he's always, you know, one of the highlights to these uh, Money in the Bank matches. But the two guys I'm thinking of, one being the Big Show. Yeah. I don't know where the Big Show is. I don't know when he's returning, but. I feel like he could be the potential replacement. Yeah, that I could definitely see that happening. Especially because if the Wyatt family targets somebody else next, then I could see them targeting Big Show. Right. And there's also talk of Kane joining the Wyatt family. And if mm. that happens, I could see Kane target the Big Show as... A uh, a white family member. Ooh, I don't but, know if I like that. Yeah, it it would. And seem did you have a, you had a second option? I did, and uh, his name is Rey Mysterio. Ah, uh, yes. They say on Wikipedia that he is scheduled to return in August. Hmm. I feel like we're close enough to August where that could happen. Right. Um, he certainly embodies what is um, to be considered an all-star. Yep. And uh, good for a ladder match, probably. He can do some spots. Yep. What about Brock Lesnar? Ooh, that's a good one because he doesn't have a match. Um, he's got the heat with uh, CM Punk. Yep. They all come out at once, right, in this? Yeah. Like, there's no Royal Rumble, yeah. So that wouldn't be like he could come out as a surprise, necessarily, unless he was well, last. He could. They, they might do the whole thing where there's speculation all throughout the matches that, you know, who's going to, you know, who's going to fill in for Kane? Maybe nobody, you know. What's, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on with this? And then suddenly towards the end of the match... You know, you hear the uh, Lesnar's weird music, and, and he shows up, and 
And Punk's like, what the hell? And yeah. And Paul Heyman's like, hey, you know, don't sweat it. And then after the match, you know it's what? like, what the hell, Paul? And he's like, hey, I had the opportunity to get my client the, you know, a big, big opportunity there. You can't, you can't fault me for that. You know what? This would be, and that would be a perfect way to protect Punk from not winning this match because, by all accounts, you look at the list. Of, I mean, CM Punk just held the belt for 430 days. Like he's, he should be the favorite. Right. Uh, but you. You throw Brock Lesnar into the mix, he makes it a vendetta against Punk. He doesn't care about winning the briefcase. And then that takes Punk out of the mix. Right. Legitimately, without damaging his reputation or anything. Yeah, I, I like that possibility way more than, uh, way more than, um, you know, them just playing Lesnar's music in the middle of a match and it distracting right. Punk, and that's what, you know. Yeah. All right. So let's let's move on to the predictions here. This is a pretty big match. Um, this could this could steer the future of the WWE, I think, uh, because a lot of us are feeling like Mr. Daniel Bryan has built himself uh, into a brand here that could possibly, you know, get to the top and. Uh, challenge John Cena, you know, maybe have some big matches in his future. Um, where do you see this match going? Who do you think is going to win? I, I got to go with Daniel Bryan just because I can't see any of the other guys winning it. I, I just, I can't imagine Sheamus carrying around the briefcase. I don't see them investing in RVD at this point. I don't, I really don't see Christian <laughs> doing it. Um, Wearing the same shirt from five years ago. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, maybe Randy Orton, but geez, I hope not. Uh, and I, I really, I really don't see CM Punk coming out of this with the briefcase. I mean, he's won two of them already. He's got the built-in feud next month with uh, Brock Lesnar. That doesn't need any kind of championships involved. So here's the question. You have Daniel Bryan winning, and you have John Cena winning. Yep. Do you feel that they're going to be okay with a face-versus-face showdown between those two? I could see it. I could see it just because they're so different, and and I, I don't know. I just – something about it just – it feels it feels okay. It, it feels like it's a matchup that can happen – you don't have to worry about face versus face. Have you noticed? Have you noticed when uh, Brian gets his yeses that, and especially when he's done stuff against Orton, that there's the little kid no underneath of it. Like there's the little kids are saying no hmm. instead of yes. So you know, like the Cena marks are probably those ones that are saying no. So that this could be a really interesting face versus face because you would have two over faces with enough fans in in the arena to you know yeah, to support both. Let me let me put it this way: um, I don't see women going out there and being like, "Oh, I like the goat looking guy," right? You know, like, "Oh, I want to cheer for the guy with the uh, the huge beard and the the hair that looks like it needs a." Yeah, at least a trip to hair cuttery, right? Um, 
And I don't feel like a lot of kids are probably into uh, Daniel Bryan, so I certainly could see, you know, that that pretty good split there between people who like Cena and people who like uh, Daniel Bryan. So I feel like you could do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you also have the fact that John Cena, quote unquote, can't wrestle, <laughs> and Daniel Bryan's a wrestling machine, right? Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I as much as 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 I kind of tried to play devil's advocate earlier with the Brian, you know, somewhat turn, um, maybe just to <laughs> cover my bases there in case it does happen. I can say I called it, but <laughs> I I see him winning this too. Yeah. I think this is a I think this is a rare case of the WWE just getting behind a guy. Uh, they realize they have gold with him. He's an incredibly hard worker. He makes everybody's in the ring with look great. Uh, why the hell not would you run with this, you know? Yeah. You know, I, the other thing is, uh, what happens if Mark Henry wins well, and that's, Daniel Bryan wins? That's what I've picked. I've picked Mark Henry to win and Daniel Bryan to win. So are we going to see those two up against each other again? I I feel like I feel like Henry's going to have a really possibly incredibly short title reign, mm. like a Rey Mysterio <laughs> kind of title reign. <laughs> uh, not that he deserves that, but I think it's possible um, because I do see the eventual. I I feel like Cena Bryan for SummerSlam just makes a lot of sense. Um, cause look, they've got to sell SummerSlam, right? Last year yeah. they set up Triple H and Brock Lesnar as the main event a couple months in advance. We're only a month away from SummerSlam and there's nothing set up. Right. Uh, so Cena, Brian, you get that going. That's, that's going to sell tickets. Um, so even though it's already sold out, by the way, I looked to buy a ticket, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> That's going to sell pay-per-view buys. Um, So I I feel like Henry is going to get, and pardon me for using the term, a token championship reign uh, in which Brian might cash in on him and go into SummerSlam as the champion. Oof. And have it be against John Cena. Seeing that, wow, yeah, that's that's an interesting thought. Because John Cena would be like, "Well, you you beat Mark Henry, but you didn't beat the best," and ba 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 ba, and then all of a sudden you can set it up that way. Yeah. Although I'd rather, you know, personally, it, it, I'm really torn because I want to see Mark Henry have that championship reign, but I also think it would be better if Cena was the champion and Brian was chasing him. Right. But at the moment, I've picked Mark Henry, so I'm going to go with that. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> Confusing there for a second. Um, wasn't it the first time that Daniel Bryan cashed in and won the championship? It was right after Big Show had beaten Mark Henry for the belt, right? Does yeah. That sound right? Yeah. 
So essentially, you could have Mark Henry be involved in two two very short title reigns that just happened to end with Daniel Bryan cashing in. Yes. I mm. see that that intrigues me a little bit because sometimes WWE has the uh, the tendency to do crazy things like that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, people often think that they forget about stuff like that, but I don't think they do. And they would, they would repeat that if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, and that can play into a storyline. That could play into a triple threat. You know, there's there's ways you could go with it. Um, although they don't seem to do triple threats anymore. Yeah, not not for anything important anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I you know, I'm just going with my picks here, um, but. Honestly, ideally, if I have my druthers and if it, if it goes the way I want it, then I would love to see John Cena as the champion at SummerSlam with Daniel Bryan as the challenger and let Daniel Bryan get his amazing moment to win it. Yeah, because I feel like Daniel Bryan can't just he can't just cash in. You know, have two minutes. You know, two minutes worth of build on a match, right? Yeah, I feel like he needs to. Uh, cash in and say, I'm going to face you two weeks from now or, you know, two days from now. Yeah. I feel like that's the kind of thing he needs to do, and it needs to be against somebody legit, somebody like John Cena, somebody like um, an Undertaker or just somebody who's been there before, CM Punk, you know, Chris Jericho. Yeah. Somebody like that. Yeah, I agree. If his next if his next title victory comes over uh, Alberto Del Rio, I'll be disappointed. So running down the list here, we got looks like four disagreements. You've got Wade Barrett, I've got Cody Rhodes. You've got John Cena, I got Mark Henry. You got Ziggler, I got Del Rio. You got Ryback, I got Jericho, we both got Daniel Bryan, Curtis Axel, and The Shield, and Caitlin. I think this has the potential to be a pretty interesting pay-per-view. They're definitely getting my money. Yeah, you gonna buy this one? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I think I'll be suckered into it too, even though I paid for the last couple. It's just easier than trying to find a friggin' stream. Yeah, because we do not promote illegal activity on this uh, podcast. Of course not. Yeah. Illegal, illegal what? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know where you'd find such a thing. 